Hey there, my friends. Welcome to the Links to Messiah podcast, where we are passionate about teaching our children all about the connections between the Old and New Testament. I'm your host, Rachel Links Kushner, also known as the Chief Enthusiasm Officer of Links to Messiah. And I am so thrilled to have you join us today. Come along and discover how your family and children can grow in their faith as you discover the beautiful links that God reveals throughout Scripture about the history of His people and His Son, Jesus, our Messiah. This is my friend, Fagel Brooks. We like to call her Fagel Bagel. Fagel is a Jewish believer in Jesus. And she has known me since I was a little girl. And Fagel has had a very special and significant connection to my family for many years. She has a very deep understanding and a deep love for God's word. And she has a zany sense of humor that appeals to all who know her. And we just love that about you, Fagel. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So Fagel, let's just let's just dig right in. Okay. Not waste any time. So you are obviously a Jesus believing mama who has raised three children. So I would like to hear from you why you think it's valuable and important to teach our children about the Old Testament. Well, because you can't understand the new without the old. <laughs> um as D.A. Carson said, God didn't begin with the story of a man hanging on a cross. He began at the beginning, and he took a long time. And nothing he said is superfluous, and digging into it is not going into the weeds. It's all meaningful, and it's all important. Uh, I knew a Bible teacher once who had um, teenage kids at a conference where he was speaking, go through a ceremony where they all ripped the page out of the middle of their Bible that said New Testament, so that it was obvious to all, this is one book, one book that tells one story. Oh, I love that. I'm such a visual person. So ripping out a page to me would just make all the difference in the world to understand the bigger picture of yeah. what God had planned. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I think that um, obviously the Old Testament is a foundational part of the Bible. And I think familiarity with that Old Testament can really help children comprehend the broader narrative of God's redemptive plan through all of history. Want to add anything else? Well, I mean, I thought about Sally Jones, the Jesus storybook Bible. You know, her little byline is every story whispers his name. And I I think it's you just wind up with a very shallow understanding of the things of God if you don't see how carefully and intentionally he laid out the whole story. Yes. Um, yesterday when I was speaking with somebody, she explained it as it's like clapping with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that great. Right? Yeah. Very good. So let me ask more personal questions. Um, do you have memories or stories that you can share where teaching your children about the Old Testament and the Jewish feasts 
brought you closer together or what memories do you have of that? Yeah, we we mostly just celebrated uh, Passover and Hanukkah with them. Um, we made it as special and fun as we could. You know, the purpose of Passover is to tell the children. It's what God said in Exodus, that you're to tell this to your children year after year, generation after generation. And every generation is supposed to say, this is what the Lord did for me when he brought us out of the land of Egypt. So I think that was deeply embedded. Um, the main way they showed how meaningful it was to them as they got older, just begging to have friends come, people they know, even as adults. Um, and of course, Hanukkah was extra special because unlike their non-Jewish believing friends, they were getting all kinds of extra goodies. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, growing up myself with a mother who believed a father who didn't until later in life, I mostly associated holidays with food. So at Sukkot, I knew we would get a care package from my bubby and it would be full of her homemade apple strudel, um, you know, yeah. things that had apples. And my mother would cook according to the holidays. So we were going to get stuffed cabbages and uh, you know, right. foods, well, foods that gonna... you like, and then foods that you maybe dislike. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yes, I think that our children, each of them have that sense of depth. They know that Jesus is the Messiah that was promised and foretold and prefigured in all of these feasts. Mm, well said. Absolutely. Hey friends, I am interrupting this podcast for just a quick moment. I wanted to let you know that we have a lot of free resources available for you over at linkstomessiah.com. If you click on the resources tab, you're going to find a lot of goodies. We have a blog and we have a story time where I love to read some wonderful books out loud for your children. And we always have seasonal free activities. So head on over to linkstomessiah.com. You can check out all the goodies. You can also easily hop over there by looking at the show notes. And now back to the Links to Messiah podcast. I love it. I have some great memories too. I remember doing a Passover Seder in your home with, I believe your husband Lee led the Seder yes. and I brought my mom and dad. Was my dad okay? I was trying to remember. They were both there and oh my goodness, did we have fun? We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, let's kind of jump forward a little bit thinking about moving into the high holidays um, coming up in the mm -hmm. fall here. So just mm -hmm. to make sure that our listeners are on track, let mm -hmm. me just explain some of the Jewish calendar a little bit. You know this. The Jewish calendar starts with Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. And I always think about like as Americans, how we count down to midnight, we celebrate, we look forward, we got new goals, new dreams, we're so excited. That's what Rosh Hashanah is for the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And then 10 days later is the holiest day of the year in the Jewish calendar, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And then after that comes Sukkot. And that's what I want to focus our some of our time on. 
So let me just take a second to talk about Sukkot. It's one of the most joyous festivals in the Jewish calendar. And we celebrate an abundant harvest gathered from the Lord who provided it. It's known as the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's a seven-day celebration where we commemorate God's protection and how he provided the Israelites, provided for them as they were escaping slavery in Egypt. So as you know, during Sukkot, Jewish families build a sukkah, which is a temporary shelter or a hut. And for seven days, families treat their sukkah like their home away from home. And it's a dwelling place. We can read about Sukkot in Leviticus 23, John 7, Jesus celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles. But in modern times today, Jewish people look at Sukkot as a chance to get outside, live more simply, freeing ourselves of material possessions. And there's a, a focus and appreciation of what's most important in life. So anyway, now that we have a little bit better understanding of what Sukkot is, I want to talk about what does that mean, this temporary dwelling and making connections from Sukkot to Jesus's earthly life and, and his ministry so we can better understand what that means. What does temporary dwelling mean to you? I was thinking about this a fair amount in the last 24 to 48 hours after your questions came. And my mind first went to Jesus going along the road and someone coming to him and saying, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And his response was, foxes have holes and the birds of the air has, have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And even the fact that he was living in the incarnation in a temporary dwelling, my mind next went to Hebrews it, it's interesting to me that we are not told that we have a heavenly temple, but we're told we have a heavenly tabernacle. And the the model that Moses was given to build the earthly tabernacle um, in heaven had that sense of God dwelling with us. So the whole concept of tabernacle is deeply connected to God dwelling with us and us dwelling with him. And ending, really, the culmination in the book of Revelation, where Jesus says, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice, I'll come in and eat with him and him with me. And so you, you have this long thread of God's desire to dwell with his people and his people being invited to come and dwell with him. And we also know the book of Revelation, the culmination of it is going to be the Feast of Tabernacles. So. That's right. Yes. I love that you made that connection. And I think, you know, just the, the root word dwell, I, I looked it up because I wanted to understand a little bit more about it. And it just, tell me if this agrees with you, to be and to live mm. is to dwell, to yes. sit, to abide, yeah. to remain. And I yeah. love the point that you made about Jesus dwelling among us, he was in a temporary body. Yeah. And I think about also our, our walk here on earth is temporary. Yeah. Don't, don't you think too of um, 
one of Jesus' favorite places to go and visit was in Bethany to see Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Um, it was a, he, I think, probably had the deepest sense of home when he was with them. And that sweet incident when Martha's all bent out of shape, attending to hospitality details. And she comes complaining to him, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to serve alone? And those tender, repeated, Martha, Martha. <laughs> I often hear, Fagel, Fagel, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. And that is that sitting at the feet of the Lord in that sense of tabernacle mm. and abiding there. Mm. Wow. So well said. Yes. Jesus tabernacled with us, didn't he? Mm. So many times, Faithful, the things that you say give me goosebumps. <laughs> and I just so appreciate your, your depth and perceptions and how, how you're able to really see that bigger picture. And I'm so grateful for that. So, so understanding that historical context and the cultural significance of Sukkot, how does that enhance a family's understanding of Jesus's mission and message? You kind of have already answered that, but are there other things you would like to add? Well, I think too, you know, our whole journey here in Hebrews 11, we're told these all died in faith, not having received what was promised, but having seen it and greeted it from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. And yes, we look back to the fulfillment of that in Messiah but it's not the only fulfillment. We are also forward-looking people because the best is yet to be. Mm -hmm. And he said he's coming again to dwell among us. And so I think, you know, when we can see how painstakingly God laid it out, you know, we're told that the law, but really the whole Old Testament is the schoolmaster, and laying all the foundation to help us understand. So it reminds us that we are in a temporary situation here. Mm. We are also looking forward, as our ancestors did, to the fulfillment of the kingdom when he comes again. Mm. Amen. Yes. Ooh. I look forward to that. <laughs> I really do. You know, and what's interesting, too, about Sukkot is that historically, Sukkot had those messianic expectations. So I think with that understanding, families, children, adults who don't understand it can really appreciate that significance of Jesus's long-awaited coming, the Messiah, fulfilling all of those prophecies. And as you said, that looking forward, looking towards home. Yeah, I think, you know, our goal at almost every Passover Seder for many decades that we've held them is to fill the table with Gentile believers who have never experienced a Seder. And the response is predictably always, oh, my goodness, this makes everything come alive. Or they'll say, I will never see the Lord's Supper in the same way. Or they'll say about the Jewish people and their state of blindness, 
how can they not see? And yeah, you know, my answer to that is always God has given the spirit of stupor for now, in part, until. So I think all of the Jewish feasts, Sukkot included, bring that kind of depth to our life as believers and our understanding of the word. Yeah, I I, I couldn't I could not agree more. I will tell you one thing that I'm excited about for Sukkot, and this is just a side note, but the box for Sukkot, the kids will get to make a mini a mini sukkah. So they'll be able to use the box and decorate it. And, you know, I want them to like go pull their dollhouse furniture and, and put it in the sukkah so that they can really understand and look at it and see it and have that visual picture of it and be able to, you know, decorate it and do all the fun things, put the leaves on the roof and the sticks and branches. So would you believe I did something similar to that with Aaron and Bethany because we didn't build a full sukkah, but I got an old shoe box and I had them gather the sticks and we got little plastic horn sheaves and we built this. I was thinking today, I wish I had a picture of it. It, it, you know, in those days, you didn't take so many pictures because you didn't have a phone. It required a camera and then getting the stinking film developed. So I don't right. know. Another world. But that is so wonderful because that's exactly how I made it come alive to them. I didn't do it with Jesse, but by then we were going to the in gatherings. Uh, and it was wonderful because they had a full size sukkah. So he was able to experience that a little mm-hmm. bit. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know he got to experience the full big one. Mm-hmm. Sitting in a sukkah, there is something so magical. It's it's just, it's deep. It's rich. We're sitting outside, but yet it's open air and the stars are aglow and you're with your friends and family. You're having a meal. You're sh- sharing in this incredibly enriching experience. Yeah. I mean, we were campers. So our kids had that experience of being outdoors and eating outdoors. And it is, I told the kids when I get old, no nursing home, put me in a cabin in the woods and just leave me alone. (laughs) I'm going to sit outside. I just, oftentimes I focus better to have my devotions if I take a chair and sit outside and communing with God and his created world is a precious thing. Absolutely. There is really something life-giving about being in nature, being in creation, whether it's in a sukkah or going for a walk in your neighborhood. There's something that is just absolutely life-giving about that. So let me just wrap up here. Just one last little question. In what ways do you believe that embracing the Old Testament enriches your family's understanding of Jesus and really strengthens your faith in the Messiah? Wow, that's a big question. I wish Lee were here to answer it because he's passionate on that point. Again, I think there's a big story that God has been telling since he first began to speak and told Moses to write things down. And he's been telling this story in every generation. The story has a beginning and the story has an end and we're on the timeline but we cannot get a sense of where we are on that timeline 
if we don't know the beginning as well as the end. And that beginning includes all the patriarchs and all the travels of the Jewish people and all the prophetic words. And again, they're all marching towards the culmination that will be glorious. And I think we can't get a full sense of that glory unless we know the whole story. Yeah, I agree. I have been thinking a lot about heaven lately, as you know. I knew this was going to happen, <laughs> but that's okay. Because everything that you just said is so powerful and so, so true that how you describe like like a timeline and how we don't know where we fit in that timeline. Beautiful. That is a perfect way to end. Fagel, thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful. You're so welcome. Thank you for being a part of the Links to Messiah podcast family. Your support means the world to us and your feedback and engagement keep us going strong. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. Let's continue growing this incredible community together. Until next week, keep reading the Bible to your children, keep their curiosity burning, and keep coming back for more tips to anchor your child's faith to Jesus, our Messiah. This is your host, Rachel Links Kushner, signing off with a big smile and a heart full of gratitude.